a lot of people have the conception that the Christian experience means there will be no suffering and no hardship. But is that really the case? Today on the THP Online Community Podcast, our friend Cassie Hammett of The Hub Urban Ministries will be joining us to talk about this very subject as we dig into this week's promise, Lamentations 3, 22-23. Hello, welcome to the THP Online Community Podcast. I'm Dallas here, your media pastor here at The Healing Place, and we're really glad to have you here with us today. For today's podcast, it's actually one of my favorite formats. It's what we like to call a casual conversation format, where I'm actually going to be sitting down with Cassie Hammett of the Hub Urban Ministries here in Shreveport, Louisiana. And we're going to be taking a deep dive into a conversation that is interesting. I said in the intro that a lot of people have this conception that the suffering and pain and difficulties should not be part of the Christian experience. But what if you're wrong about that? What if suffering and pain are very much part of the Christian experience? What does that look like? What do we mean by that? Well, Cassie and I are going to talk about that. And I'm telling you, it's some really good stuff that Cassie and I talk about. I want to encourage you to really lean in, take some notes. You may want to listen to this podcast a couple times to catch all of the stuff that Cassie and I talked about. I also want to encourage you guys, if you enjoyed today's podcast, if it's encouraged you or challenged you, to share it out. Don't just blind share it. Be strategic, though. Share it with somebody that you think really needs to hear this promise. And if you're that person that, was shared, that this was shared with, hey, I want you to know that we love you and we care about you. This is the podcast for The Healing Place in Shreveport, Louisiana. And we just want you to know we care about you. And the person who shared this with you, they really do love you. And they, they really feel like that what you're about to hear, what you're about to listen to, it's going to help you in a big way. I also want to invite everybody that at the end of this, maybe you want some prayer. I want you to reach out to us. You can email us, mediahub at thpstreetport.com, or you can find us on any of our social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just look for THP Shreveport. We pop up very easily. All that being said, let's jump into today's conversation. Good morning, THP Online community. Thank you for inviting us to wherever you're at this morning. We're excited to see what God's going to do in your life through this message today. It's been a great gathering already. Our team has done some awesome stuff with the worship. And I'm going to remind you guys, don't, don't log off at the end of, the, of today's message because we're going to have some more worship at the end of this. And that's going to be really a time for you guys to, to lean in. Uh, our moderating team is there to pray with you and to encourage you. In fact, they're there right now. Uh, talking with you, and we want to encourage you guys to really engage with today's message because I'm excited about what's happening today. Today, uh, we're having a conversation with my friend Cassie Hammond of The Hub here in Shreveport, which is a really cool organization that we're going to be hearing a little bit more about here in just a minute. Um, you know, here at, Shre- here at The Healing Place, we're big about volunteering and serving, and you have just had an amazing heart to serve, and you guys do some amazing stuff. So real quick, tell people watching, what is The Hub? Yeah, so good morning, everybody. Um, Like he said, I'm the founder of The Hub Urban Ministries here in Shreveport. And the mission statement of The Hub is that we're on a mission to give everyone in our city access to a restored life. And we primarily serve um, the homeless, those in poverty, and women and children who are experiencing sexual exploitation or human trafficking. But we also believe that we serve the church, that we exist to serve the local church. And so... Um, The unique part about the hub is that we believe that actually the hub isn't the answer, that the church is God's um, primary choice for um, his redemptive work, the church not being a building, but um, the body of Christ. And so the unique thing about the hub is that we come alongside of the church 
um, to equip and connect the church to those populations, um, to be a part of walking with them to full restoration. So those two ministries under the umbrella of the hub are the Lovewell Center, which right. is where we serve those in homelessness and poverty, mm-hmm. and then Purchase Not For Sale, which is where we serve women and children coming out of sexual exploitation or human trafficking. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. So a lot of cool stuff. I encourage you guys to connect with them. We will have stuff in the show notes down below for you guys to get to their website and all that good stuff. If you want to volunteer with up or maybe even start a new hub in your own area, I'm sure you're up for helping them do yeah. that. For sure, for sure, yeah, for sure. I'm just telling her what she's going to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cassie, we invite you because we um, we'll be going through this thing called God's promises. We're talking about how God's promises are for people and um, how to access them, what they are, and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, this week we have a really interesting promise. It's found in a really depressing book. <laughs> like, yep. like I don't know if you've read Lamentations before, guys. Um, yeah, it's not one to read uh, when you're just like, let's have something uplifting. It gets there, but there's a really cool promise found in the midst of it. What's that promise? Yeah, so when Scott asked me to teach, I was so pumped, and then he sent me the text, and I was like, really? Lamentations? Great. Um, so the promise in Lamentations is found in three, uh, Lamentations 3, 22 through 23, um, and in the this translation, the New King James, it says, Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So that is the promise we're going to be looking at today. Awesome. So good. So good. So um, what big thing for anytime you look at a, at a passage is you need to look at the context of it. If you don't have, there's a phrase that we like to say, if, you're, if you don't have the context, you're going to be conned by the text. Mm-hmm. So what is the context of this passage? Yeah, so I think what's interesting when you read these verses pulled out of context just on a sheet of paper or Mm -hmm. separately, um, they actually do feel a little peppier Mm -hmm. (laughs) than um, (laughs) where they're found in context. And I think, like you're saying, I think it is important for us to remember as we're reading God's Word um, that context is everything when Mm -hmm. it comes to um, Scripture. And so the context for this promise in particular... um, because it's in Lamentations, just to kind of explain how that um, book is set up, um, it's a series of poems, and mm. those poems are written were written um, while uh, God's people were in exile right. in Babylon, um, which is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you read Lamentations, the reason it's depressing is because it's it's sort of unfolding their reality, mm. right? That like because they had broken covenant over and over and over again with God, they were walking through the consequences of that and they were in exile and they were, um, if you read all of Lamentations 3, (laughs) what comes right before these verses is really hard. Mm. It's strong words of, um, where are you God basically? And here's all the things, um, I'm homeless. I have gall. It uses all these strong words like gall and all these things to describe their reality. Um, and then all of a sudden there's a turn, right? And, but why I think that context is important um, is because really, if you take that out of context and just saw those verses, you'd be able to be like, oh yeah, you know, you are faithful, God, great is your faithfulness. But the, and I think the reason we would do that is because we don't want to admit that suffering Mm. can be part of God's plan. And so I think Lamentations 3, why it's challenging to me is that you find this promise housed inside of some really hard realities for the people of God. What are those? Like, what are these hard things that this has its root in? So specifically, you mean in that book yeah. specifically? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. 
So, um, like I said, Israel had broken covenant, uh, and were, mm. now they were in exile. Right. And so they were experiencing that separation. And if you read the whole book, it just outlines. So what's interesting about this part of the, of the book mm. is it goes from a corporate view of, um, exile to mm. this chapter, which is a personal view. Right. And you just see this, um, depth of suffering mm. that the writer is describing, feeling right. abandoned yeah. by God, feeling, um, homeless, disconnected, um, just feeling completely forgotten right. by God. Right. Uh, and that's what leads up right to this promise. Right. So this, this promise is, it's birthed in a lot of hard stuff, some suffering, but what is the promise actually about, though? So um, in reading this, uh, the promise to me is about a few things. Mm-hmm. Um, one, uh, so there's another translation I'm going to read really quickly. Um, out of It's not a translation. The message. <laughs> we just talked about this. Um, but I like the way the message says this verse. It says, but there's the other... But there's one other thing I remember. And in remembering, I keep a grip on hope. So to me... Um, when you think about what is this promise really about, the first thing is keeping a tight grip on hope in the midst of suffering. Mm. Um, I think that, like I said earlier, as believers, or at least for, okay, for me, I'll use my own life. Yeah. For a lot of my uh, walk with the Lord as an adult, mm-hmm. um, my in my mind, may, maybe whether I said it out loud or not, um, I would see something bad, be experiencing something bad, see suffering, and believe that God's answer would always be to relieve it. Mm. <laughs> right? That right, like right. that like um that it's suffering equaled bad, mm-hmm. right? Or suffering equaled God wasn't in it or whatever it might be. Right. And I think this promise, what it challenges is that it 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 tells us that in the midst of of suffering. Mm -hmm. We can have a tight grip of hope. And if you back up a second, um, I kind of framed the way I think about this as where do you find the promise? Mm. Where do we find this promise? Because I know for people who have walked with Jesus for a long time, and and especially if you've been in the church culture a long time, um, we just kind of flippantly say the promises of God, right? Mm -hmm. But when I say find them, I mean like find them and own them. Right. And this promise in particular um, is birthed in suffering. Mm. And so I believe, and I can look back on my own life and, and see this track record be, to be true, that there are promises of God that can only be found in suffering. Wow. And I think that this promise in particular is birthed in suffering. And that's something we want to avoid typically like the plague, literally. Mm. Um, but the truth is, is that there are things about God that we find in suffering. Right that I don't know we would find any other way. Right. And so first, I think this promise is about holding a tight grip on hope, which we're going to talk about that word hope in a second, but mm-hmm. in the midst of suffering. And, and, and so the opposite of that would be get through the suffering to find the hope, mm. right? The The opposite line of thinking would be when this is over, right. I will hope. Or when, when we get on the other side of this, we'll feel relief when the truth is, we don't have to get on the other side of suffering to find this promise of God that it's closer to us in the high heat of suffering right. than it is outside of it. Yeah. And so that would be one thing I say, I believe that this promise is really about. Um, the second thing is this dance between suffering and hope. Mm. Um, our place of suffering can be and become 
our source of hope, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, again, we don't have to lead suffer, leave suffering right. for hope to be present. Mm. Um, and there's a really cool uh, quote that I wanted to read by Spurgeon, and it says, uh, yeah, no, he's very cool. <laughs> it says, this seems to be the hardest part of our lot, that God should lead us into darkness. Mm. He hath led me and brought me into darkness. Yet, dear brethren, that is, on the other hand, the sweetest thing about our trial, because if the darkness be in the place where God has led us, it is the best for us to be in the dark. Mm. That's a hard thing for people. Like, it is hard. We live in a culture where suffering seems to be like, like you said, like mm-hmm. it shouldn't be part of the Christian experience at all. That's right. But That's right. like really what you're saying here is like hope is found in suffering regardless. That's right. And and two, to take that, e- that thought kind of even further, if we're called to be like Christ, we see in Scripture that we're called to share in his suffering. Mm. Um, that suffering is actually uh, a badge of honor because it is a sharing in the thing that right. Christ uh, did, right? Yeah. So you're right that that is hard. That quote, that's really hard. Yeah. But also, I think what's cool is is how it says the sweetest thing, right? But then that that gives us a new perspective about mm. the trial that we're in. Now, we could get in the weeds on like there's all sorts of reasons we land in suffering and some of it is not by the hand of God, sure. right? Like Absolutely. we we could go on and on about personal choices and, you know, the enemy's attack on our life, but right. we do also have to recognize that like in this promise, there are going to be parts of our lives that God has led us to something mm. um, that is ref- meant to refine us. Right. And refining is not easy, mm. you know? It's and true. so um, I quick, think... Uh, those of you guys in the chat, put that in there. Refining is not easy. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I need you guys to remind yourselves of that. And I need to remind myself of that sometimes mm. because we, we look at the process of Christianity and we're like, oh, well, some people have this mindset of, you know, I pray to prayer. I'm done. We're good mm-hmm. to go. It's mm-hmm. all going to be, you know, uh, rainbows and unicorns from this point forward. That's right. But the refining, like you just said, it's not easy. No, there, it's we not. have we've been saved. Now we have the process of sanctification where we're we're growing in our faith with God. We're learning who it is, and that takes that refining fire. I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't interrupt. No, you. that's good. No, it's good. <laughs> and and I want everyone listening um, and watching to know that I by no means have this figured out. Mm. You know, um, my personal my personality, the mm. way that I am wired, um, uniquely wired by God, <laughs> is I um, tend to, I trend towards finding the good in everything. Yeah. And I think that that's a great quality. Sure. However, it hasn't served me well um, sometimes when what God is drawing me purposely into isn't fun mm-hmm. or light or easy. Mm-hmm. And And so I, just like probably like everyone watching, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm knocking it out on the park of being like, yes, God, I, I'm so pumped to suffer, <laughs> right? Like this is, this is not easy, but it doesn't mean that it's not true. Right. Um, and so I think, what is this promise really about first? I think it's about keeping a tight grip on hope in the midst of suffering and then just recognizing that suffering and hope are married. Mm. You know, that that suffering and us be becoming more like Christ go hand in hand. Um, and then lastly, uh, this promise is really about God's covenant promise to his people. Hmm. Because what it says is, it says, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Um, And so I want to back up for a second because there's a turning point in this book. Okay, He goes from this like depth of depressive tone and um, wormwood and gall and all of these just... (laughs) insanely heavy words and and you 
know that the writer is suffering. Yeah. But then there's this, there's a shift in tone that happens. And I want to point this out because um, it's super important to, to what I'm about to say about God's promise, um, about the covenant. There's a little phrase in there and it says, but this I call to mind. So this is right before where we started this promise. So this is in uh, a, ver- a few verses up. It says, but this I call to mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're reading through all of his feelings about suffering, which I think is important for us to note that we can have feelings about suffering. Yeah. Um, and we can take those feelings to the Lord and we can be honest yeah. and say, hey, I'm really angry yeah. or I'm really disappointed. You right. know, that's a whole nother talk. But <laughs> there's this quote, I mean, this little phrase, it says, but this I call to mind. And that is sort of the turning point of Lamentations. Um, and it's, and in that, in saying that, or in in his heart thinking that it's not a moment of speculation for him. Mm -hmm. So what he says is, but this I call to mind. And he goes into the promise through the Lord's mercies. We are not consumed because his compassions fail not. Um, And he says, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. So in that moment, I have a quote here from She Reads Truth. It says, I think sometimes we forget God is bigger than what we know of him from personal experience. Because in this moment when he says, but this I call to mind, that is him remembering something. Mm. Okay, this is a moment of remembering. So it's not speculation. Right. Um, He's remembering something, Mm. which means that when he calls out this promise, Mm -hmm. he may not actually believe it for his momentary situation. Right. So he's saying, but this I call to mind. He's remembering back to another, to God's track record of faithfulness Mm -hmm. and, and faithfulness to his covenant, which to me means that he's not declaring this promise, maybe even fully believing it for his moment. Mm -hmm. That he's going, okay, all I can do right now is remember that never have we been consumed. Right. Right. So I actually don't think that he's declaring this promise as some faith superhero. (laughs) I really don't. I think he's saying, but this I call to mind. It's like he's sitting there going, okay, remember, just remember. Mm -hmm. Like he's in this moment of suffering and he's going, okay, this is my present circumstance, but this I call to mind. Not that my present circumstance is changing, Mm -hmm. but I'm calling to mind the past faithfulness of God. Right. So this quote says, I think sometimes we forget God is bigger than what we know of him from personal experience. The God and creator of the universe has scripted an enormous and lovingly elaborate story of love and provision and salvation for his people. Right. So we, just like the lamenter, or lamenter, (laughs) that's a weird (laughs) word, get to call to mind the great deeds and marvelous rescues of our God over generations. Mm. So I think it's important for us to know that when we're in a moment of suffering or a season of suffering, Mm -hmm. it is okay that we cannot feel better about our present state. And it is okay that we can't declare a promise and just pretend it to be true because that's not not what's happening here. Mm -hmm. He's not going, I'm going to be in denial and I'm just declaring this and pretending that the circumstances I'm feeling are not happening because God is faithful, therefore this should not be happening. Right. Because that's what we normally do. Mm. A lot of times, especially in the American Christian culture, mm-hmm. we may be feeling something or experiencing something, but instead our response to ourselves and others is, I'm too blessed to stress, yeah. right? Or I'm, right? Like and that we is have, a huge lie. It's in the churches. Mm-hmm. Again, we talk about that there's suffering should be part of the Christian experience. Mm-hmm. And there's this fallacy that people, and some of you watching, maybe you may be walking in this. I want to be real with you. What's the purpose of you have needing a healer 
of you having a healer if you're never needing healing. A lot mm -hmm. of people are like, are you okay? I'm fine. I'm good. Like you said, I'm too I'm too blessed to be stressed. Mm -hmm. Like I, I see you stressing. <laughs> you know, yeah, your hair's yeah, all yeah. locked out. You haven't been sleeping for <laughs> right, for, right. for days. You <laughs> don't got, look great. <laughs> you got bags in your eyes. You're <laughs> right. not okay. Right. Let's yeah. you know saying that you need help isn't a profession of defeat. It's a I need help. It's also um, it also doesn't say anything about God. Mm. You know, it's I true. think sometimes we don't want to admit to our suffering because maybe on some level we feel like if if we admit to our suffering then what we're actually admitting to is something about God's character and I like I just I think we stop short yeah. of being totally honest with ourselves and others because if you know in this and in, in lamentations the people of God were suffering by the hand of God mm -hmm. <laughs> like, that's right like he did it right and and I think when we're going through a suffering season, I think sometimes we're scared to say that we're suffering because mm. what if what I'm also saying is that God isn't good right. or that God isn't faithful, mm. but that's not the truth, right. right? That our circumstances don't change God's nature. They don't mm -hmm. change who he is. They don't change his faithfulness. And so, um, yeah, so I think that, but, but I call to mind mm. that flip, that, that moment where, there's a turning point. The turning point didn't happen because the situation changed. Mm -hmm. The turning point for him happened because he was able to call on mm. the past faithfulness of God in his own life, right. but specifically in this section for generations of God's people, which is the next point, which is that God's this promise is really about his God's covenant promise to his right. people. Um, the only reason that the writer could grip onto hope and God's faithfulness is that he knew that God would not break covenant. Word. Right? And that's an essential aspect about the character of who mm -hmm. God is. You know, like I said, when you, when you said, Jeremiah, he's calling out in desperation. He's like, mm -hmm. oh, this is a terrible thing. He's reminding himself of the past. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I want to encourage you guys, if you're going through something right now, remember the goodness of God in the past. Remember mm -hmm. what he's done for you already. Because it reminds us of this essential character of his faithfulness. That's right. And even though Israel had broken con you know, covenant over right. and over and over again, if, right. and, and we don't need to get too in the weeds on this <laughs> either, but if we go back to God's covenant with Abraham, right, mm -hmm. he passed through twice, Word. right? And the reason he passed through twice is because he knew that his people would never be able to uphold their side of the bargain, mm -hmm. right? So Israel had broken covenant over and over and over again, and we do too, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? I mean, like... Every single day that we choose anything else over right. God, um, we're we're not being faithful. Right. But but what Jeremiah knew was that in all of that time, with all of those missteps and all of the things that God's people had been through, that God had always been faithful. Mm -hmm. And back then, a covenant was a really big deal. Mm -hmm. Like so, for them, the fact that God made covenant with them, they assumed and believed He would never break it. Right. Right. Because covenants were a big deal. They're not really as as much in our 2021 yeah. brain. <laughs> um, and so this promise is really, you, you know, we find the promise, I think, the closest in suffering. Right. And the anchor of this promise is not that our circumstances are going to get better. The anchor of this promise is God's covenant to us. Mm. That because it says, um, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Okay. So so essentially the promise is saying. No matter how far up to the line of cons being consumed we get, God is faithful and we won't be. Right. That d The promise doesn't say, and nowhere in Scripture does it say, that we won't suffer. Mm. But it says we won't be consumed. Right. Right. 
and that his mercies will continuously be new every single day, right. which means we will continue to be able to press through that suffering every single day. So the promise isn't that you won't suffer. Right. The promise is that you won't be consumed good. and that God will remain faithful. So good. Um, and so it's a hard promise. You right. know, it, it's, I was laughing with my husband that like of all the, of all the promises, <laughs> but I do believe knowing my own story um, I've walked, I've literally lived this. Mm. Um, I walked through a very severe season of mental illness when I was in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. And I say now, looking back, you know, on that and looking back on my life that, you know, I, I got saved when I was seven. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't, I didn't meet Jesus until I was in the bottom of the deepest, blackest pit of suffering I'd ever experienced. Oh, wow. And... I've lived this, yeah. right? Like I've lived this moment of going, I don't know if I'm going to get through this, but I do know that God has never failed me. Mm. And it was in that season that I actually truly took hold of Jesus because I believed him. Yeah. Before that, it was just like essentially puppies and rainbows. And when it <laughs> is, you you can easily trick yourself into believing that you don't need God. Yeah. And so to, for me, that season of suffering, I believe, was, was partially the hand of God in my life, mm-hmm. putting us, basically holding the hand up and saying, hey, we go no further from here mm-hmm. because I want your heart. I want intimacy with you. I want right. friendship. I don't want religion. I don't want faking. And, and so I walked through this season of suffering, some of which I caused, mm-hmm. but some of which I truly believe was the hand of God right? because... I found him there. I found this promise there that I would not be consumed, but not because of anything of my own strength or even not because I'd be healed instantly because I wasn't. Um, I struggled. I went through a year long battle with mental illness, Mm. Um, but I would never, I would not trade that part of my story for anything because I came out of it knowing Jesus. Like I had locked eyes with him. So good. Yeah, because of the suffering. So I was super thankful to be able to be the person to talk about this because yeah. especially, and also you add in um, at the hub, you know, we're we're walking with people who are in the midst of suffering every single day. Mm-hmm. And what if we believed wrongly that if you were walking through suffering, God's hand wasn't on you? Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, how hopeless. Yeah. And, and so for us in our work, we have to call to mind... <laughs> on behalf of other people yeah. and say, Hey, God is not going to fail you. Exactly. Right. That, that this suffering can be your source of hope. It can be like for me, mm-hmm. it was the springboard. Mm-hmm. It became, it became my turning point. Right. It became the thing that honestly made me who I am right. and made me able to shoulder the calling so um, that God had placed on me. And so um, I think it's just important for us to, wrestle with. And I say wrestle with because I don't think we should just go, oh, okay, cool about this. Right. Because I think when suffering happens, we don't need to tuck tail and run. Mm. We need to find this promise and say, man, this is possibly the hardest thing I've ever walked through. Yeah. But even if it doesn't look like it right now, (laughs) because this, but Jeremiah is not saying, I feel better right now because my circumstances look better. Right. So it's not about that. He's not looking around going, oh, okay, things are changing. So this I call to mind and I have hope. No, 
Nothing has changed right. except for his mind. Exactly. And he's recalling the track record of God's faithfulness. Yeah. And that's the anchor so of this promise. So um, we're going to come to a close here just a second. But do me a favor, Cassie. Uh, tell people just directly this can be one, like the big takeaway. Like if there's one thing they need to walk out of this message from. What is it? Yeah. There's a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> um, it's so full of, of truth. But I think... Mostly that if if anyone's watching or listening and they feel paralyzed Mm -hmm. by their suffering, um, that they would just remember that God's covenant to them will not break, Mm. that he they will not be consumed. Right. And that the choice we have to make is to call that to mind and choose to believe it. Right. there's God's faithfulness will always be present no matter what our circumstances are. And suffering makes us more like Christ, which is the whole point of our existence as Christ followers. And so I would just encourage um, everyone to just take a second and really think through what does it mean to suffer well? Mm. And, and to suffer and not be happy about it. That's not what I mean by suffering well, but to suffer in a way that gives space for that season to shape you. Mm. Um, Because I have a tendency of rushing out of it. Mm -hmm. I just want everything to be better. I want everyone to be happy. I want a problem to be fixed. And I know for me, Holy Spirit constantly is just saying, hey, let's give some space here Mm -hmm. for this season to do what it's intended to do. And um, just to remember that you won't be consumed and that God will refine you in your suffering. So good, so good. So those of you, whether you're watching the the, the premiere, maybe watching on a replay, maybe you're listening to us on on the podcast. However it is, we want to pray with you. If you're watching this live, moderators are in the chat right now. They want to talk with you. They want to pray with you. Um, Leave a a comment and, and let them know how we can pray with you, how we can encourage you, how we can help remind you what God's done in the past. And if you're, you know, if you're listening to us on the podcast or maybe on replay, reach out to us. You can email us mediahub at thpstreetport.com um, or you can reach us on our social media websites, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, to look for THP Shreveport. We pop up really easily. We did that by design. <laughs> so, but all that being said, we're going to pray and uh, don't log off. We're about to go into another time of worship and this is going to be a time for you guys to lean in. It's going to be a time for you guys to really lean into what the Lord is saying to you right now so let's pray god we just thank you for your presence your grace we thank you for our opportunity to come together in this digital space god whether it's through uh youtube our websites podcasts whatever it is god and you're moving like right now lord you are moving in the lives of the people who are listening and there's a stirring that's taking place there are those listening right now that lord they're broken they feel like they've been put in exile and they don't understand it they feel like that they um they're they're losing a battle and I pray, Holy Spirit, that you remind them of your steadfast love, past love. I pray that you remind them of what, what God's already done in their lives, that you've never allowed them to be just completely overcome, that you've never allowed them to be just completely outdone by the things of the world, that you're there with them, and that those who are faithful, those who are humble themselves, will be restored. And God, that your love is there for them no matter what. And we thank you, God, for the freedom that comes with that. In the name of Jesus, amen. Cassie, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me.